Hello everyone, my name is Maliga Krishnan. I head the Insights and Data Practice for Australia and New Zealand, and I'm based here in Melbourne, Australia. Thank you, Maliga, and welcome back everyone to the Her Story podcast. This is a series where we speak to inspiring women in the data and AI field about their careers and their advice. My name is Brie Osborne, and I'm a Senior Manager in Capgemini's Insights and Data Business Line. Thank you so much for joining us today, Maliga, to share your story. Let's jump in. So tell me, what was your first job? Well, my first job, interestingly enough, was one that I, um, I went out and got very excitedly as soon as I turned the legal age to work at 15, and that was at a local supermarket. Um, so independently went out and got that myself, but very, very keen to have that level of independence. So, uh, so that's where it all started. Brilliant, and great to get that experience in life early on as well. So starting with early life, tell us what it was like growing up, your family, school, maybe people who inspired you in that that era. Tell us about that. Sure. Well, uh, I was born in Singapore um, and I've got an Indian cultural heritage, uh, but I've grown up pretty much um, in Australia. Um, but my childhood actually has played a very important role, I'd say, in, in really shaping my mindset and the, the, the way I approach leadership today. Um, but also sort of throughout my, um, my studies, I was one of uh, only a few females studying technology um, back in the 90s at, uh, at the University of Melbourne in Australia. Uh, and, you know, since graduating, I've, I've been working ever since in consulting, um, initially as a, as a specialist, but then as a leader in data and analytics. Um, in terms of inspiration, uh, I'd have to say they mostly come from my family and in particular my mother. She's been a very strong influence throughout my career, um, mainly because you know, she was actually a career-focused professional uh, and she was working in corporate risk um, in a lot of multinational consulting firms um, and in the banking sector. Uh, and, and I got to observe her, you know, her career progression from quite an early age. And if you can just imagine, you know, what it would have been like, I, I feel that she was a real tra- trailblazer for, uh, for diversity and female leadership because, uh, you know, we f- reflect back and this was in the sort of 80s and 90s. Um, and so it's been really inspiring for me to see her career journey. That's fascinating. Can you tell us a bit about what it is um, and what you really love about it or what you think people would really enjoy um, in the field? The, the data and AI industry is, is obviously thriving um, and, and more and more organisations we see are really realising the benefits of AI, you know, for customer centricity, for, you know, competitive advantage that it can, it can offer um, through the right applications. Um, I mean, it's pretty clear that, that AI is, is already embedded and I think that will only continue to grow in terms of, um, you know, the way we kind of uh, interact with it uh, and, and it really touches us in, in many ways. I think the other the other thing that I really love about our field is 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 the privilege in, in terms of working with other organisations and the ability to to contribute back to society. Um, you know, I think we're in a really lucky position to be able to use data and AI to respond to things like the change in our planet um, and really use the technology for a um, you know as a force for good. In terms of the evolution of my career, I've generally worked in global consulting organisations, um, but also in the financial services industry. But I've sort of been lucky enough to play many different roles, um, from sort of functional roles to technically focused roles, and then evolving to leadership roles. Uh, but I guess, like like many others who you know who begin in the industry, you know, I started my career as a team contributor, so I, I sort of uh, had roles as you know analysts, designers, developers, architect, and then progressed to a, ma- a management role. You know, became a coach and mentor, and then you know through through the, the management and leadership roles to uh, to where I'm now as a, as a strategic business leader. What are some of the kinds of skills or areas that you would recommend um, people look into in this space, given that it does 
um, change so much? Is it is it really more about having that continuous learner mindset? Are there kind of core areas that people should look at? What's your view on that? It's really moving away from the really technical aspects of it to the explainability, um, to the principles under which it's been developed, um, to the ethics. Um, how do we ensure that it's all governed and it's doing the right thing um, for the right outcome? So I think it's moving beyond sort of the technical side of things that will continue to evolve and, and we can absolutely, you know, learn more about you know, what many organisations are doing from the technical perspective, but it's more about the application of it that I think is, is really interesting and it's really important for us to, um, to focus on. What kind of outcomes do we get when we have that diversity in the data and AI space? Absolutely. Um, I think the diversity of, of experience, diversity of thinking, um, and even in, in backgrounds, for example, you know, you don't. I'm I'm very open to um, to having graduates come from different degrees um, because it's it's about the way that you know people look at a problem differently and 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 not necessarily sort of a methodical um, uh, formula driven approach. I'm I'm curious to know what was that real wow moment when you realised that you'd taken a big leap in your career. Um, it was when I was invited to contribute as a, uh, a data and uh, AI subject matter expert for a, a global cancer elimination um, initiative. So it was essentially um, a sort of a global um, program that was uh, set up to facilitate the discovery of cancer cures um, through through using data and AI platform um, and simplifying collaboration across um, uh, researchers and, and medical practitioners uh, around the world. So it was really important pivot in my career because it was a really meaningful experience to, to be able to lead this, uh, this event and this workshop, um, which, which sort of pointed to you know, leveraging data ecosystems to create a platform um, that would ultimately you know, improve cancer diagnosis um, and, and treatment across the world. So an extraordinary and, and humbling experience. Wow, what, what an impactful thing to do in your career. That's incredible. Um, there's a lot in the discourse about work-life balance. Do you think there's a magic bullet or formula that everyone can follow for that? I'm very happy to be open and talk about my experiences. So I think we need to be mindful of, of you know, that what works for one person, you know, may not, may not work for someone else. Um, I personally have been very lucky to have really amazing support, um, uh, sorry, from, from my mother and, and, and um, you know, other family members uh, and that's really given me the ability to to experiment with what the right balance is. Um, it's okay to invest in yourself with, without sort of really feeling a sense of guilt and, and everything balances out in the end. Um, I think for all of us to kind of work at our best, we need we need to have that sort of a little bit of, of leeway to sort of shift that balance in whichever direction depending on the on the circumstance. Let's shift gears a little bit. What do you think it takes to be a great leader? I think probably first and foremost is is authenticity in the way that you you lead and, and the way that you interact with your teams. Um, I think it's very important to to be transparent, to um, to be open and honest, and to um, and to to sort of be approachable as well. I think there's an, um, certainly an element of empowerment which I believe very strongly in. So hel- helping sort of the team make decisions, but make sure that they're supported in those decision makings. Um, and, and ensuring that they, you know, there's, there's a level of trust as well um, to the extent that, you know, that the team sort of feels comfortable that, you know, if, there's, if they're making a decision and maybe, maybe it doesn't go so well that, that it, you actually see it as, as, a, you know, as a learning opportunity as opposed to something that's going to be, you know, um, penalised. So I think that that sort of view of, um, you know, failing fast and, and seeing mistakes as learnings is actually a really powerful, um, you know, way to lead. 
Um, the other element is, is of course, uh, you know, creating a sense of belonging. So um, it's ensuring that everyone feels like they're part of the team. Um, I think the other element is, is probably a collaborative way of working. So, um, so yes, it absolutely needs to be decisiveness, but it's really important, um, you know, with having such diverse teams and to, to ensure that, you know, you are collaborative, that you're seeking input from, from others. It, it doesn't always have to be the most senior person in the team um, whose, you know, whose ways should be followed, but it's, it's often, you know, someone who's new, uh, you know, potentially a graduate who, who's got a very different way of thinking um, that can approach a, a problem in a very different way. What does success mean to you? And maybe just briefly, um, how have those, those people, maybe leaders, maybe colleagues uh, played into that success? Success means wake up, waking up each morning with sort of energy and enthusiasm to, to approach each day. Um, you know, and this includes sort of work as well as, you know, at home. Um, but really, be, and also being able to combine the work that I do with a sense of purpose and impact in the community is also very important, you know, a big sort of aspect of success to me. Um, I think in terms, if I reflect on, um, you know, what people who have empowered me, I'd, I'd say that, you know, the way I described the traits of a great leader, I think they're all, they're all sort of reflected in the leaders that I've worked with. Um, and I think I've been very lucky to have such amazing mentors and leaders throughout my career. And those have really, um, you know, challenged me to step outside of my comfort zone, um, supported me through, you know, um, the times that I've taken off maternity leave, having having children, encouraging me to, you know, um, to return to work as early as I wanted to um, uh, and, uh, and, you know, providing me that flexibility um, to really thrive in, in sort of many, many different situations. Throughout your career, is there any sort of decision or choice that you made that you felt you know, wasn't right or didn't quite get the right outcome? And what did you learn from that decision? I mean, not to say that everything's worked out the way I'd expected, but, um, but I've never really viewed things as, as, as failures per se or, or, or any decisions that I've made that I've regretted because I, I generally tend to view things as learning experiences. So um, it's more about what would I do, what would I could have done differently had I not, you know, gone that way or made that decision I would not have, have, have you know uh, created this learning so it's a, just a different way of thinking about it. I have a quote here for you um, and it, it kind of makes me think about when you were talking about your wow moment as well so and I want to see how it resonates with you uh, so the quote is by Maya Angelou and she said you may encounter many defeats but you must not be defeated in fact it may be necessary to encounter the defeats so that you know who you are what you can rise from, how you can still come out of it. What are your thoughts on that? How does that resonate? Um, I think a lot of career-focused uh, females in particular who tend to instinctively be a bit uncomfortable with uh, the thought of anything short of success <laughs> and, and sort of tend to play quite high, high expectations on themselves um, but, but sometimes don't really test the boundaries of, of what they can really do. Um, I think we tend to protect ourselves from disappointment and, and really stay cautiously under the limit. So um, I think what I've, I've learnt um, is that, you know, you don't really know what brilliance you can achieve if you've, if you've never really tested your limits. So uh, it's all, it all comes down to, I think, the, the point of getting out of your comfort zone and, and being uh, allowed to do that um, uh, and, 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 you know, giving yourself the opportunity to take a little bit of risk and, and pursue an opportunity perhaps where you think you might have the tiniest possibility of something going wrong. Um, and, and the challenge that I had learned to overcome, and, and this sort of happened many, many, many times over and over again, um, 
was that to step when you step away from something that you're you're really comfortable with, you, you actually provide an opportunity for yourself to grow exponentially, um, and, and that's something that I, I really strongly believe in. Um, so it's this notion of um, failing fast with the right support, um, and I think that's a very important element of, of self development. Um, and I think if if you sort of prevent yourself from from doing that, you know, as you progress to to a leadership role. Um, it, it might become a bit unfamiliar, and, and this is actually something that you really want to be to be doing, and you really want your team to be doing as well. Thank you, everyone, again for joining in to the Her Story podcast. There's been a really illuminating conversation with Maliga today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Maliga, thank you so much for sharing your story. 